This is The Defrag, I'm Christopher Lawson. The pandemic has undoubtedly changed the way that we work forever. While some companies will return to the office full-time, many have actually offered their staff an option to work from home in a kind of hybrid model, and some have decided to ditch their office entirely. And this new era of work is raising further questions, like do we actually need to work five days a week? The idea of a four-day work week isn't entirely new, but now might be the right time to make a switch. Producer James Parkinson has this story. Prior to the pandemic, working remotely was probably unthinkable for a lot of companies. In the startup world, flexible arrangements have existed for years, but the corporate world was very much the opposite. The impact of COVID has shifted perspectives. Large companies like Unilever and most recently Canon have participated in trials for a four-day workweek. If you work in an office, the traditional five-day, 40-hour week is probably all you've known, but it hasn't always been this way. So in the middle of the 19th century, uh, the standard uh, work week was six full days of up to 12 hours a day. John Quiggan is a professor of economics at the University of Queensland. Uh, we saw pushback on that first in Australia and New Zealand, achieving the eight-hour day uh, in the 1850s, and then reducing that to five and a half days a week uh, early in the 20th century, and finally to the five-day week and the weekend as a standard condition just after World War II. So that's uh, 70 years. That, that process took about 100 years uh, of progress. In the subsequent 70 years, we haven't seen any reduction, of course, in the standard working week, and we haven't really seen any reduction in standard working hours for nearly 40 years now. The idea of a four-day work week, you know, sounds very attractive for, for a lot of us. When did this idea start to kind of gain traction? Well, I think it's been around for a long time. I think uh, uh, certainly in the mid-20th century, most people imagined that we would see a further steady increase in leisure as technology and productivity improved. So in that sense, uh, expectation that we'd have a shorter working week has been around for a very long time. Uh, but for the last 30 or 40 years, that's been pushed back against by the idea that we all have to work harder and be more productive. How has the, the pandemic influenced the, the movement and the push for a four-day work week? Well, I think it's it's uh, led lots of people to re-examine their lives in various ways and their relationship with work. So one manifestation of that is the anti-work movement, which is saying let's get rid of work altogether. In the US, the so-called Great Resignation. Uh, but more generally, people have been thinking about do we need to turn up at a workplace five days a week? Uh, can I work from home? Could I work less and still get an adequate income? What are the key arguments for switching to a four-day work week? Well, essentially that um, in order to enjoy the proceeds of our work, we need, to, we need time. What we've seen in the last 30 or 40 years is a reasonably steady increase in real wages, so we have more things, but uh, less and less time uh, to use those things and enjoy them, uh, less time to spend with family and friends. What are the implications on employers and by extension, you know, a country's economy if we switch to a four-day work week? Well, certainly I think there'd be some reduction in total output. Uh, not as much, I think, as, as reduction in hours. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that people are more productive in a shorter working week. But um, I think uh, employers would have to give back some of the gains they've made at the expense of workers over the last uh, 
uh, 20 years or so, uh, workers would be foregoing uh, what they could take as a further increase in wages, but none of these effects would be very large. I think we could achieve a four-day uh, four working week with perhaps a 10% reduction in total hours, a 5% reduction in output, and maybe a 2 or 3% reduction in the incomes of workers and employers relative to uh, steady growth, so that we wouldn't need to actually cut wages merely to forego a few wage increases. Is the four-day work week more plausible in some countries more than others? What we see is very radical differences in in total working hours uh, across countries. So, so uh, the English-speaking countries are in general at the high end. Uh, Europe, other non, apart from the UK, European countries, people typically have considerably more leisure than we do, uh, largely in the form of, of longer annual holidays. Uh, but what, what I think that comparison shows and what the pandemic shows is just because all of our working lifetime, the standard working week has been five days, doesn't mean it needs to be that way. There are many different ways of doing things. I imagine for some industries, a four-day week might be more difficult to implement. How would those industries overcome uh, those kind of challenges? Well, of course, we have lots of industries that already work a seven-day week, um, retail and um, and uh, cafes and restaurants, for example, and those typically do it with a core workforce uh, working more or less a standard work week and then with casual and part-time workers. So it's not a new problem. We, we all, we've had this issue for a long time. The kind of issue is, well, is really more for company, for businesses that are used to a five-day week. Would we go to a standard four-day week with a three-day weekend for everybody or would we do something like uh, a three-day core week uh, three days core Tuesday to Thursday, say, uh, with people either working from home or having the day off on Mondays and Fridays. That seems to be something that, uh, from the experience of the pandemic, uh, the idea that people need to be in the office or the workplace every day, I think, has proved to be false. So uh, there's a variety of things we could do, I think, uh, but the, the first step needs to be to accept uh, uh, or to engage in the conversation. Isn't this really time for us to have a bit more time off? Coming up, what we've learned from the companies who have already introduced the four-day workweek and how it could be implemented on a broader scale. That's next, after a short break. If you're enjoying this episode of The Defrag and you want to support the work that we're doing, head on over to our website, thedefrag.com and become a Defrag member. You can get an ad-free version of the podcast, a sticker pack, a regular newsletter and discounts to our merch. Plus, there's a number of other perks depending on your membership level. Becoming a member is really the best way to support the show. It empowers us to produce independent journalism and gives you the best of the podcast without all the noise. So head on over to our website, thedefrag.com, and become a member today. While some employers are still reluctant to adopt a four-day working week, others have made the switch without hesitation. So what can we learn from these companies who are leading the way? Well, certainly uh, uh, we've seen reasonable successes. I think it's fair to say 
uh, if you go in with the expectation there'll be no reduction in productivity, you'll be disappointed. But uh, uh, but if you offset uh, offset the, the uh, shift to a four-day week with somewhat longer hours per day and accept very small reductions in, in output, I think that's quite feasible. I should say, uh, looking at the history of these things, uh, we're not going to achieve this out of the goodwill of employers. It's going to have to be achieved by a combination of, of uh, worker and government action as, as every previous reduction has been. From the point of view of individual employers, the shake-up during the pandemic means uh, we're going to have to adapt to new ways of doing things. I think, as I say, even with a five-day work week, it's highly unlikely that employers are going to get uh, uh, get skilled workers to turn up every day of the week uh, once they've experienced uh, being able to work from home or work remotely. So, so I think it's certainly in the interest of employers to do some experimentation. I think what we've learned from previous experiments is certainly the experimental phase, we can maintain reasonably high level of productivity. And the pandemic, of course, also showed us that, that under quite radically different conditions where many would have predicted a catastrophic reduction in output, in fact, uh, people were able to maintain productivity quite well. Would we need an increase in wages if we were to switch to a four-day work week? Well, it certainly would imply an increase in hourly wages, but um, potentially with no increase in, in the weekly wage. We're seeing with the conversation around remote work a lot um, during the pandemic that a hybrid model will likely become uh, the outcome for most businesses that where it's practical. Do you think we'll see something similar with a four-day work week uh, potentially in the future where, you know, it may become the norm in, in some areas but maybe not others and there might be a bit of, you know, best of both worlds in some regards? Yeah, it's hard to say. I think certainly these two things fit in, that if you think of, if you think of shrinking the core work week to three days, uh, having one of the extra days as, as leisure and the other one as, as remote work, for example, uh, seems like a um, uh, seems like a potential outcome. There's a lot of appeal, though. I think uh, yeah, long weekends are nice; uh, we all enjoy them, and there's no reason why, being as rich as we are, we couldn't make those things the norm. If a country like Australia, uh, or even you know the UK or the US, these kind of major Western countries, if they were able to adopt a four-day work week. Could that open things up and kind of lead the way for, for other countries to seriously consider it? Well, certainly, I think um, it's bound to happen uh, in some countries ahead of others. Australia led the way uh, to the eight-hour day and and was uh, a reasonably early adopter of the weekend. So we could lead the way. It would certainly, I think, um, be something that uh, made people look again at Australia and think about think about it as a place to live, a place to invest, and so forth. If we could deliver. Uh, something that we've, that people have been thinking about for such a long time. How do we actually make that transition and start implementing something that would, you know, be so broad and, and impact so many different industries? Well, um, quite a number of industries have nine day nine day fortnights or or one roster day off per month, depending on how much time off there is. So we could move to that model of of a nine day fortnight as a first step, uh, and then. Uh, and then see how that worked and move on to a four-day week. Also in the news today, gunmaker Remington has settled with the families of the Sandy Hook school shooting for 73 million US dollars. 
the company will also release all discovery documents as part of the deal. 20 kids and six teachers were killed in the 2012 attack. Remington entered bankruptcy in 2020, and the settlement will be paid through insurance. A US leukaemia patient has become the first woman to be cured of HIV. Since receiving umbilical cord blood as part of her leukaemia treatment, the woman went into remission for HIV and has been free of the virus for 14 months. It's the third known case of HIV being cured and is part of a study conducted by Johns Hopkins University and the University of California, Los Angeles. And Mercedes-Benz are continuing their push into the EV space with the announcement of two new battery electric vehicles, the Mercedes-AMG EQE 43 4MATIC and the EQE 53 4MATIC Plus. The 43 is the entry model doing 0-100 in 4.2 seconds and the 53 is designed to be more sporty doing 0-100 in 3.5 seconds. Both models contain a 90.6 kilowatt hour battery containing 360 cells and could offer a maximum range of just over 500 kilometers. The Defrag is a production of Lawson Media. The show today was produced by James Parkinson and hosted by me, Christopher Lawson. For more coverage, check out our website, thedefrag.com, and stay up to date on social media, just search for The Defrag. That's all we have today. I'll speak to you tomorrow.